You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, 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 how we be and what it is, Foxborough family. We're back with another midweek edition of Six Rings and Football Things, brought to you, of course, by your friends at WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. You got your old pal, Nick Fitzy Stevens, and our Pats guy, Mr. Tiny Tower of Sour Power, the unbelievably positive and irrepressibly joyful himself, Andy Jumbo Hart. How you doing there, guy? I am tremendous because this has been a uh, great week that we will get to momentarily for those who are hopeful heading toward draft weekend in New England. Oh, my gosh. Dare I say a new hope has been discovered? Are we at episode four? Are we at that juncture in our intergalactic journey towards uh, relevance, competitive uh, excitement, and uh, as you like to say, competency, competence, competency, any which way you like to phrase it for your New England Patriots? Are we almost there? We are almost there. We have turned a corner in the, what do you like to refer to it? The lull or the lull, depending on yes. uh, which way you want to say it, that we are heading through April toward draft night. And I'm just going to jump right off with two things this week that I think if you're a Patriots fan should ignite excitement heading toward okay. draft night, Thursday night, where we will be on the air, by the way, WEEI six to midnight with Rich Keith. I cannot wait. <laughs> Um, Hold on. Can we please get a sponsor that w- traffics in the eye? Oh, that's right. These guys will take you sick to midnight. Yes, we uh, we will be having fun, and I think Patriots fans should have fun with news oh. this week. First came from old pal of uh, WEEI. We've had him on a number of shows over the years. Jim Nagy, senior bowl uh, director, former Patriots mm-hmm. scout, who – put out a tweet that I think ignited uh, a lot of talk in the pre-draft football world when he said in his dealing, talking with teams, the media and fans have the wide receiver position more highly rated than teams themselves do. According to teams he's talked to, some only have one first round wide receiver, and that is Ohio State's Jackson Smith and Jigba. And yet we're seeing lots of mock drafts that have two, three, four first round wide receivers, some places, multiple first round wide receivers going in the top half of the draft. You and I have talked about it, Fitzy. Guys like Quentin Johnston from TCU, obviously my guy, Zay Flowers from Boston College and uh, Jordan Addison from USC, all guys the Patriots have been involved with. But are you telling me that I might be able mm-hmm. to get Zay Flowers either much later in the first round or in the second round. And now I'm going to dovetail that with Mel Kuyper's mock draft that he posted this week on ESPN, two-round mock draft, in which the New England Patriots, with the 14th overall pick, select Oregon cornerback Christian Gonzalez. So let's marry these two pieces of media together. 
so I can get what I believe is the best cornerback in the draft. I know there's some debate with Witherspoon from Illinois or Gonzalez, who's better. I think Gonzalez is an elite, true cover cornerback with all the athleticism you need for a number one corner. You get him at 14, you push Jack Jones, post-suspension Jack Jones, to your number two cornerback slot. I think there's a chance you do that. You might have one of the best young cornerback duos in the National Football League. And then you're telling me I could get Zay Flowers later. Maybe I have to trade up in the second round. Hell, I'll even be aggressive, maybe trade into the back end of the first round. But if the New England Patriots leave the first two rounds of the NFL draft somehow, some way with Christian Gonzalez and Zay Flowers, I think you have upgraded immediately immediately at your two positions of need. And I think you may be drafting two superstar potential players. Fitzy, I'm the excited one. What thank you? Oh, Andy, I am just as excited, if not even more so, Guy. I cannot believe what a positive note we begin this week's Six Rings and Football Things podcast on because uh, as I wrote up twice this week at weei.com, once was a piece based off of the Jim Nagy tweet uh, which our pal, uh, and of course, we we thank him for guesting on the Fitzy and Hart show on Easter Sunday morning. Mike Giardi joined you for an excellent Pats chat. If you happen to have missed that, go back in the Six Rings feed and listen. Andy and uh, Mike chopped it up, as they like to say in the industry, for 25 solid minutes. A lot of interesting Hoyer, Mac Jones, and Bill Belichick talk there. Giardi pushed back a little bit on the Jim Nagy tweet, but I wrote up, same thing, Andy, that it's very exciting to think that the Patriots would have an opportunity to draft whoever they want in the first round at 14 or trade back a little bit, get some extra value, and then have the ammunition to, and this would be, I believe, the third year in a row they would trade. Nice job, Nick. Trade. Trade up in the second round. You're like that. Uh, That's a podcast, folks. They would trade up in the second round, which they did in 21 for Barmore, which they did in 22 for Tyquan Thornton, And now they could possibly, if one of their guys, like a Quentin Johnston, like a Zay Flowers, or even Jordan Addison, should he unbelievably slip in the second round, per Jim Nagy's hearings, that would be massive for them, Andy. But you have to also remember that one thing. What are other teams? It's not just about what value other scouts, coaches, and analysts see them at. It's what are other teams need. And you know just as well as I do that once a run begins on a position, like let's say some team is just all over JSN, which is much easier to say than Jackson Smith and Jigba. If people are all over him, tell someone grabs him at 12 or 11, that we're going to go 20 some off spots without another receiver getting taken. The giants may absolutely be enamored with Zay flowers. Another team, some boards have Quentin Johnston as the top receiver. I can't see it happening. I say, we, I say we see three receivers taken and it would break my heart, break my absolute freaking Andy heart. If we saw Zay Flowers get invited to the first round of the draft and then he ends up Brady Quinning or Josh Rosening and sitting there all night long, not getting drafted, that would be a bummer. Now, if you want to go a little forward as to what the Patriots could do, if they miss out on these guys, I wrote up another piece for .com, possible day two targets, including the guy we mentioned last week, Andy, that everyone is freaking out about now. I have a feeling this guy's going to get overdrafted, Tank Dell. Uh, and then you throw some other names in there like Jalen Hyatt, Uh, Cedric Tillman, also a boss receiver from Tennessee who was beset by injuries last year, and a guy who just popped onto my radar thanks to our guy, Mike Dussault at Patriots.com. Are you familiar with the work of Josh Downs, another twitchy slot receiver with great collegiate production? 
Yeah, I think he's a poor man. Zay Flowers. Yeah, yeah. Poor man Zay Flowers. I love Josh Downs as my fallback. If I don't get my Zay Flowers, Josh Downs would be next um, on my wish list. I think he is a really good player. I don't think he has quite the upside um, of Zay Flowers. Uh, but yeah, big fan of Josh Downs. And I would say this. I want to defend um, Jim Nagy to, to some degree, uh, let's say prematurely or in advance. If if a number of receivers go in the first round, I do want to fixate on the way he wrote it. I believe he said teams had only one receiver with a first round grade. And we know oftentimes in this whole process, there aren't 32 first round grades for teams. A lot of teams will have, you know, 22 players that they grade as first round picks. And then obviously there's like a 10 gap there till they have second round grades on people. And that's where you get guys like Bill Belichick trading out, you know, of the first round from the twenties moving down because their grading system doesn't value a player at the spot where they're picking in the first round. But I'm with you. I don't actually think we're only going to see one wide receiver uh, drafted in the first round because the position has become so important in recent years and the value on it. And, Getting a guy on a fifth-year option, getting that extra year who has transformational upside, you believe, to your offense, to your quarterback, whatever it may be. And that's why I would say, with the Patriots having 11 picks, and I think some of Belichick's best work over the years has been trading up, moving up a little bit in the second round, late in the first round. I, I would love the idea of Christian Gonzalez at 14, which, by the way, I'm not sure that's going to happen either. I think he's better than that. Um, I, I think he could go uh, in the top 10. But let's just say Christian Gonzalez gets For to sure. 14. Then trade back up into the first. Like, I don't I, – I, they need elite players. They need guys with elite upside. So if you have to give up some capital, even future capital, if, if need be, to get into – what are they at, 46? Zay Flowers is not making it to 46, yep. in my opinion, even if he's 14, 46, 76, Andy. So go from 46 and throw in another pick for next year, whatever you need to do, get in the late 20s, find a way to get Zay Flowers if he's slipping down the board, because I'm telling you, Rich Keith, get your puppet gift ready on draft weekend, because draft night, draft Friday and Thursday, depending on how it all plays out, if it's Gonzalez and Flowers, the Patriots are back, baby, at least in my mind for at least 48 hours. <laughs> we're going to have at least one nice evening with a slight <laughs> uh, two scoop of raisin Friday morning and into draft weekend. Once we get to day three and rounds four for seven for jumbo key Fitzy and company. Uh, now I saw the Patriots have had a, no uh, a number of other top thirties, Andy, including um, offensive interior line from Texas tech that is figuring to go in the top 10 as well. Look, and Devin Witherspoon, by the way, to your point, Christian Gonzalez and Devin Witherspoon, for all we know, could both go in the top 10 because some people may see Witherspoon is one and Gonzalez is one a, and want a premium cornerback because everyone needs the next JC Horn Patrick's in the second at all. Um, but I did see the Pats were hosting my guy, Emmanuel Forbes, uh, Taekwon Thornton's body as a cornerback. Uh, now, they, a lot of people are projecting him in the middle of the second round. A lot of people are now also mocking Darnell Wright, the tackle that I liked to the Pats in the first round, seeing him as a perfect fit. I know Mike Reese spoke of him and Forbes, as well as Tank Dell in his Sunday notes column. Um, would you be okay if the Pats got, I just want to ask the Pats fans at large, and of course you first, would you be okay if they got a tackle of the future 
and then a high quality, maybe not all-star, but high quality, like a 1B cornerback in the middle of the second round? Sure. If they get a, a you know Pro Bowl caliber player to kick things off, and I almost don't care about the position. I do a little bit, but um, okay. let's just say Wright is the pick. He's the right man for the job in New England. Right oh, on, brother. I loved uh, the entire thread of you and everyone else dad joking your way through the Twitter replies. I love it. I per Of course you know I love it, and I know you are just having a Miller light of a time as well. But for those who can't handle it too bad, there's plenty of other feeds to follow. Now, Forbes is interesting. We've talked a lot about him because of his size. 166 pounds at six foot one is makes Tyquan Thornton look thick. Um, but he's a playmaker. <laughs> now, I have seen mock drafts where he is starting to get first round buzz, mid 20s buzz, 26, oh. 27 buzz. And so that's interesting. But again, these are mocks. These are going to be wrong. So, they will have some truth to them. Um, the quarterback position, first and foremost, is going to decide thing. I know Kuiper. Now has boom, 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 boom. One, two, three, four. Quarterback, 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 quarterback. Um, that changes everything because now you're pushing elite talents down the board. Pass rushers, cornerbacks, wide receivers, tackles, running back, Bijan Robinson. So that that would be interesting if the quarterbacks go one to four. Um, and the other interesting part from the Patriots perspective is little rumblings. You know, they're visiting with top 10 picks. They're visiting with guys that aren't going to probably be there at 14. There's been that vague, oh, the Cardinals are willing to trade and some of the teams have been named, but others have not been. Is there a possibility, and I will promote this considering, again, we're hosting six hours of draft night radio. Is there a possibility that the Patriots are willing to trade up to get to top five, you know, somewhere in there? And if so, I don't know about you, how you feel about this. I can only envision and imagine that's for a quarterback. I can't imagine them trading up top five to get a cornerback or a pass rusher I just am I wrong I mean do you think they would trade up top five to get anything other than a quarterback absolutely not there's no receiver they love that much there's no receiver that should go that high I can't imagine there's a cornerback they love that much maybe if it was a defensive lineman or there were an offensive tackle but I cannot see somebody going four or five and giving up that much draft equity like when you said earlier, and you have been banging on this drum for weeks now, trading up means you need to get a blue chip player, you need to get a star, you need to get an impact player day one at a position of need. And if you get a quarterback now, you must be so in love with this guy that he is going to be a temperature changer, a franchise changer, he's going to be a momentum changer, and maybe one of them could be. But that Mac Jones, you are you now know you're going to get a petulant Mac Jones who's going to be playing the rest of this year basically on it, prove it so you can trade me and I can earn my money elsewhere. Now, maybe that'll be the ultimate motivator from Belichick, but that also may piss him off to, you may be playing a very risky game of poker. If you're going to draft an Anthony Richardson, sit him for the year, let him draft behind Mac Jones. Mac Jones knows, oh good, I'm on a lame duck contract and I'll be playing somewhere else next year. I, it just, it's so risky when Bill Belichick is feeling I'm not going to say the heat, but the warm breath, if you will, of Robert Kraft near his neck saying like, Bill, I want playoffs this year. Do you really think trading up for a quarterback is going to give the Patriots their best chance at playoffs this year? I don't. I absolutely. In fact, I think it's most important that we, as I want to hit on this piece as well, Andy, you, uh, I just want to set this up and then please answer that uh, reply back. But I know you wrote for dot com. Uh, and have been 
making note of the idea. Here we are getting into the playoffs. Some of the most important people in Boston sports now, your Tatums and Browns for the Celtics, your Allmarks and Bergerons and Pastas for the Bruins. Yet the most important person on the Boston sports landscape right now that isn't currently in the playoffs is the offensive coordinator who could likely be saving Mac Jones's career and saving the Patriots bacon as well in the form of Bill O'Brien. Yeah, I think Bill O'Brien could save uh, Bill Belichick's uh, aging reputation and Mac Jones' career all in one Ooh. season or off-season of work. And it's a challenge for him. Now, the, the Mac Jones part is obvious, right? He's a competent offensive coordinator. He's an expert. He has made Tom Brady and Deshaun Watson elite players in his scheme. They were already elite players and will probably always be elite players. But he's also found success with the Brian Hoyers and Brock Osweilers of the world. So we know he's an expert, the Mona Lisa Vita, in terms of quarterback and offensive coaching. But the other aspect of that, in light of the shopped Mac Jones trade report from Pro Football Talk and Tom Curran continuing to beat the drum on NBC Sports Boston and our airwaves about the relationship of of Bill Belichick and Mac Jones being fractured, tumultuous, broken. I don't know what the various words you want to use are. Bill O'Brien's trade at best. At, at best. And Bill O'Brien's now the middleman in that. He has to coach Mac Jones, but has to deal with Bill being there because we know Bill has a little bit of a helicopter parenting style on the practice field. He's bouncing all around and he could be right over Bill O'Brien's shoulder at any time. And maybe Mac does something he doesn't like. And he's like, and they start going at it. So he needs to manage the relationship, the personalities of Bill Belichick and Mac Jones, almost as much probably as he needs to scheme up an offense and, and give him a legitimate game plan each and every week that is going to put him in position to succeed. Cause I think the second part, well, that's what Bill O'Brien does. That's, that's what he's going to do. Um, I have full confidence in that, but can he be, and oh, by the way, Bill O'Brien's nickname is the teapot. He's a guy that, you know, is not necessarily, you know, that calm, cool, collected mediator type. He can pop off at any moment. Is he the right guy to be the middleman between Mac Jones and Bill Belichick and their personality? You know who he is, and Andy? Their- it just occurred to me, Andy. I, I didn't want to let this drop because it just occurred to me. Bill O'Brien is basically the dad from a Christmas story who just happens to have a beautiful football mind. You know, hardworking, down-to-earth, old-fashioned, throwback-looking dude, could go off at a moment's notice, you know, colorful metaphors and four-letter words, flying fast and furious. But it's all in the name of love, taking care of the family, and getting the job done right. That's exactly, like, he really is the dad from a Christmas story. And I, I do not disagree with you in the least, which doesn't necessarily make for the best podcast in Fitzy or broadcast. I understand. I think we can all agree right now that if you have, you know, you're if you're doing your one to 90 most important Patriots, you might, or, you know, most talented people on the team, most important, et cetera, you might do a 1A and be like, whatever player is number one. And then 1A, it's the most impetus is on Bill O'Brien's shoulders. Like he's got to fix Mac. He's got to, like you said, restore some luster to Bill, turn the offense around help all these players who took huge confidence hits last year, like Devonte Parker, especially Kendrick Bourne, maybe Hunter Henry and others. And trust Adrian Clem and work in cooperation and sidestep uh, and lockstep rather, excuse me with him to get the offensive linebacking gear while folding in potentially up to 10 or 11 new players into the dough. That is a massive undertaking. I do not think he would back down from it at all. I think he is the right guy for it. I think he's totally up for the challenge. And won't that bolster his resume 
whether he stays in Foxborough or moves on to a second head coaching opportunity. If a year or two from now, it reads, got Patriots offense back in gear, got Belichick to the Shula mark, made Mac Jones a pro bowler again. Hell yeah, that would be friggin' awesome. Oh yeah, if he can uh, concoct a scheme and then kumbaya the relationship, he is going to be, and, and maybe he doesn't want to go anywhere. That's also my other theory. I, I don't know that he's not sold on staying in New England, staying in this area and being Gerard Mayo's offensive CEO, you know, president of the mm. offense moving mm. forward. But that's a different topic for a different podcast. Oh, entirely. Uh, but, you know, then again, you can say that your best laid plans are shacking up in Foxborough around the general area for the rest of your life. And next thing you know, you're signing a two year, four point five million dollar deal to be Jimmy Garoppolo's backup with the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, Brian Hoyer, the destroyer. Wherefore art thou? Folks, if you have any questions, you comments, you got other drug related nuggets you would like us to address or fold into the dough and the batter of the six rings and football things podcast. Holler at your boys at Fitzy GFY at Jumbo Heart. And at Six Rings Pod, I highly recommend you check out Andy's pieces from the Sunday 7 to his Bill O'Brien tone poem. My pieces on the wide receivers in the first round. Some names you may want to get to know for the Patriots on days two and three at the wide receiver position and more. That's all available at WEI.com, where, of course, you can find and subscribe to Six Rings and Football Things.